Go Get Her by Lisa Fitterman. The man saw a little girl struggling in the icy water beyond his reach. He shouted to his dog, Go get her! Crimson and Samara Wagner Sunshine are singing their favourite Justin Bieber tune as they run out to play in the wooded park behind their house. It's 4pm on Easter Sunday, but here in Edmonton, Canada, there's still snow on the ground. The sisters love Rundle Park. It's a perfect place to wait for their mum, Miranda Wagner, to finish making the family's festive dinner. They run downhill, then scamper along a path to some trees near a footbridge. From here they can see the North Saskatchewan River snaking through the valley, ice spreading out from its banks. Soon they get bored. Crimson, ten, with dark hair and a determined mien, leads the way down a path covered in snow. Samara, a year younger, round-faced and with dimples that can light up a room, follows. They're going to the one place their mother has told them never to go. Down to the river. Down to the ice. They start taking little shuffling steps on the ice, dipping their rubber boots into the water. Then they hear a big crack. Rocky isn't ready to go home. The eight-year-old husky Labrador mix is racing ahead of Adam and Kelsey Shaw and trying to smell as much as possible before they reach Adam's truck. He's a big dog, shaggy, black and good-natured with an independent streak, one who loves to hunt and retrieve, especially if it involves water. It's been a fun afternoon for the couple from Fort Saskatchewan, 25 kilometres to the north. The main paths here are clear, making it easier to push the double stroller that holds their two sleeping toddlers. Over three hours, they've seen only a handful of people, hardy types like themselves. Now, nearing 4.20pm, they're crossing Rundle Park footbridge on the way to the parking lot. All of a sudden, they hear screams, young and high-pitched. They look over the side of the bridge. It takes a few seconds to register the horror. A girl has crashed through the ice and another is trying to haul her to safety. We see you, they shout down to her. Help is coming. Adam, 28, tells his wife to call emergency services. Then he turns to the dog. Rocky, he says, we're going down. He and Rocky slip and slide down the same hill the girls took minutes earlier. At times, Adam sinks into snow up to his hips, but he doesn't stop. He's thinking of Ben, his brother and best friend, killed six weeks earlier on Valentine's Day in a head-on highway collision in a blizzard. Not today, Adam tells himself. No one is going to die today, not if I can help it. Crimson sees the man and woman calling to them from the bridge, but she can't wait. Samara's in the water. Why did they go out on the ice? After hearing that cracking sound, she turned around fast and got back to safety. Samara didn't. Now Crimson would give anything to go back up the hill and never come down. Samara, can you reach my hand, she cries, as her sister flails in the water. Suddenly, the ice breaks under Crimson too. She falls into the river, but manages to grab a solid ledge of ice, holding on until the man and his dog loom above her. The man lifts her out and sets her down. That's my wife up there on the bridge, he says, pointing. He told Crimson that his wife had called emergency services. She's going to help you. Wait there, don't move. Crimson shivers. My sister, she gasps. Where's my sister? Miranda Wagner has just pulled the turkey out of the oven when she hears a knock on the door. 
Her husband, Corey Sunshine, can't answer because he's taking care of Crimson and Samara's two younger brothers. She wipes her hands, opens the door, and sees a six-year-old neighbour standing on the stoop, agitated. The girls are in the water, he announces. Miranda, 31, doesn't understand. They fell in a puddle, she asks. They fell in the river, the little boy replies. Samara is floating away. For a few seconds, she is frozen. Her little girl is in the river? She shakes her head and yells for Corey, who is home from work in the oil fields, to stay with the boys while she races to find out what has happened. Her mouth moves in silent prayer as the boy's words echo in her head. Back in the river, Samara prays really hard as the current sweeps her along, just like she does in her class at St Bernadette Catholic Elementary School. Please God, let me live, she pleads silently. She has already lost her jacket and one pink rubber boot. Her parents will be so cross. To get into trouble, you have to stay alive, an inner voice tells her. It's so cold, colder than she ever thought possible. Even though she knows how to swim, she can't. Not in this. Her arms and legs won't do what they're supposed to. She has already been in the water for eight minutes. Even though she's only nine, she knows she doesn't have much time left. As Crimson weeps, Adam frantically looks for her sister. There she is, about half a kilometre downriver, her red T-shirt and pink leggings easy to see. He and Rocky start running, but there are 15 centimetres of snow on top of melting ice, and she is about 1.5 metres from the edge, the current carrying her along like a log. The distance might as well be five kilometres. Every time Adam tries to move onto the ice, he feels it cracking beneath him. I can't move my arms or legs, Samara cries. An experienced outdoorsman who works in the oil fields, Adam knows hypothermia is setting in. Samara is losing control of her muscles because all her blood is rushing to protect her organs. Soon she'll be unconscious and her body will shut down. He has only a few minutes to rescue her. He throws Rocky's leash out to her, but it isn't long enough. He tries again, but, oh God, the ice he and Rocky are standing on gives way. Rocky treads water while Adam is standing in it up to his neck. When he tries to haul himself out, the underwater ice shelf he's on gives way and leaves him swimming for his own life. Ten seconds, twenty, the clock is ticking. Finally, Rocky starts scrambling up a piece of ice that doesn't break. Adam gives him a push and then hoists himself up, holding onto the dog's neck for support. He stumbles to his feet and turns to look for Samara. In the distance, he sees a dark head and a flash of red, about 15 metres away. Adam and Rocky head back onto the ice again. They close in on Samara, but again and again the ice gives way, forcing them to stop. Adam is standing there with Rocky at his side, helpless. What can be done? In a flash, he knows. It's a decision steeped in the faith he has in the dog, named for the fictional boxer who overcame the odds to become a champion. Rocky, the expert hunter and retriever. Rocky, who loves the cold so much he once dug a snow cave to play in when it was minus 46.1 degrees Celsius. Rocky, who in the past has happily towed a floating Kelsey to shore as she lazily holds onto his leash. Why not now? I'm going to cinch the leash around my dog and have him jump in the water downstream of you, he yells to Samara. Grab hold of him, his leash, his fur, whatever you can, and hang on. The dog is their only hope. Rocky, go get the girl. He leaps into the river 
and swiftly paddles against the current towards Samara. Weakly she watches as he approaches, his ears flat back against his head. She likes dogs, even big ones, so she's not scared, but she can barely keep her eyes open as Rocky nudges her with his nose. When she doesn't take the leash, he pushes her with his paw, as if to say, Come on, we're running out of time. He is calm and strong, and it feels like he's transferring some of that strength to her. She grabs the leash. Somehow, she knows that Rocky will take care of the rest. Use both hands, Adam calls. Then the command. Rocky, come! Samara lets her eyes finally close as the dog pulls her back to shore. Adam lifts her out of the water and holds her close. She feels like ice. Hang on, he says. Please, hang on. When Adam's mobile phone rings, he jumps. He's surprised it's working at all after falling into the river with it. Emergency services is on the other end of the line. It is 4.35pm, only 15 minutes since Adam was on the footbridge. It seems like a lifetime ago. The wet trio settle down to wait, Adam and Rocky on either side of Samara, propping her up, trying to get her warm. It's okay, Adam murmurs over and again. Miranda rushes into the University of Alberta Hospital, crying out for her daughters. First she finds a penitent, teary crimson in bed with a heat blanket. Then she goes to the trauma centre, where Samara is thawing in a cocoon of covers. Miranda's blood goes cold when doctors say her daughter had no more than two minutes to live before Rocky towed her to safety. Mum, I nearly died, Samara wails. Miranda wants to laugh, scream and cry all at once. She wants to lecture them, ground them, never let them out of her sight. But right now she simply hugs Samara tight. It's five days before Adam sees the girls again, this time at a different kind of ice. He and Rocky have been invited by the Edmonton Oil Kings team to drop the ceremonial puck at the start of a hockey semi-final game. A 6,000-strong crowd cheers as they come out, although Rocky is a bit blasé at all the attention. The cheers turn to tears and a standing ovation as Crimson, Samara and their parents walk out to surprise them with hugs and homemade thank you cards during a televised interview by the rink. The girls have learnt the hard way to never go out on river ice again. Their parents just want to say thank you to the brave man and dog who saved them. You're my angels on the bridge that day, Miranda says. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia. 